Thank you, ladies. Let's turn back to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 20 again this evening, Acts chapter number 20, and we have been in the book of Acts all year long. If my count is correct, I believe this is message number 61 from the book of Acts this year, and uh, we've got another 60 to go. So uh, I've enjoyed uh, these Sundays, these messages from the book of Acts, and I look forward to what Lord has for us tonight. Now this morning, if you were in the service, we were, from, we were in towards the end uh, of the chapter and uh, what it means to uh, be safe in the Lord, to be in His care. And uh, uh, some of you, it's amazing, it pleases me as a pastor to see... Uh, how you take what is preached and you apply it to your life. And you know that's the point of hearing the preaching, is applying it to your life. I'll, I'll give you a good example. It, it was illustrated this evening. Uh, one of our, our members uh, brought me, the, the Burns brought me a key lime pie tonight because they know I like key lime pie. And uh, I just like pie, period. So, uh, but, um, so I, I took it to the back, and some of the ushers were back there, and uh, Dylan Fox was back there, and I said, Dylan, take this over and put it, I can't believe I just told you where that pie is right now, put it over in the refrigerator over there, and, um, and then uh, I gave them a hard time about eyeing the pie and, and keep your eyes off of it, and he went over, and, and so then they called me back. They wanted to have a meeting with their pastor. Uh, so I won't say who the spokesperson was, um, but... He, he looks a lot like Brian Hall. So, uh, uh, and so, uh, coming back, he said, This morning when you were preaching, you said it was more blessed to give than receive. <laughs> and so, uh, it just it, it, it warms the heart of your pastor to see how you take the preaching and you apply it to your life. And uh, it, just, it, just, it just thrills my heart. Uh, to see how uh, you get uh, whatever you want to get uh, from the preaching uh, of the Word of God. Acts chapter 20 tonight, I know it's a holiday weekend, I know we have many people away tonight. Um, I want to give you a very simple truth, but I believe it's a very important truth. Uh, I want to serve God not just today, I'm not in this for the next 30 days. I'm not in this for the next 30 months. I'm not even in this for the next 30 years. I want to use every day I have to serve the Lord. I hope that's your goal. I hope that's your desire. Now, in order to do that, you and I have got to stay close to God. Now, this morning I preached what I thought was a very practical message on uh, there, there's comfort in knowing that you're in His care. There, there's, uh, there, there's satisfaction. There's contentment. Uh, there's true ministry. All of those things. But it's all predicated on our relationship with Him. Our close fellowship with Him. And tonight, uh, I want to just highlight a truth that I see in the life of Paul that if you study the Gospels, you'll also see it in the life of our Savior as well. How did a man like Paul continue to go and go and go and go? Paul was a very active man. Paul was a very busy man. Uh, but yet we see him staying close to the Lord. We see him uh, staying uh, in the fight, if you will. And so I'm going to read one verse of Scripture this evening. And then we'll refer to just a couple of things in the Scripture. And then I'll give us a, a simple outline tonight. But I think it'll be a, a help to us. Uh, chapter number 20. And uh, we'll read verse number 13. And we went before to ship 
and sailed unto Assos, there attending to take in Paul. Notice the rest of that verse. For so had he appointed, minding himself to go afoot. Uh, If you just look at this verse on the surface, uh, you look at it and it's it's just giving some information. This group sailed from this group. They were going to go with Paul, but Paul decided to walk. Why would this man take a 20-mile hike when he could have taken a ship to get from one place to the next? Well, I believe there's a secret here, and the answer to that question is a secret that you and I must be very careful to keep in our life. And tonight I want to be, uh, bring a very simple message on the quiet hours of Paul. The quiet hours of Paul. Father, I pray this evening that uh, you'll be with the message. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God uh, will speak to each and every heart. Uh, may we be reminded tonight that uh, you desire to spend time with us. May we let that thought sink in just for a moment. That the God of heaven... The God of all things, the Creator of all things, wants to have fellowship with us, wants to meet our needs. And Father, I pray tonight that while this is a very simple and practical message, I believe it's a very important one, uh, may the message tonight be a help to us in Jesus' name. Amen. We find that uh, the Scripture spells out that uh, they had intended to sail with Paul, but Paul had already decided, he had appointed that he was going to go afoot. He was going to walk from one place to the next instead of sailing with everyone else. This was a time where they could have had fellowship. In the preceding verses, there's the story of of the young man who fell asleep while Paul was preaching, and he he fell out of the the window, and and he he died, and, and the Lord brought him back. And there's a lesson right there, don't fall asleep. When the preacher is preaching, otherwise uh, you may fall out on this concrete and have the, have the same results. And before you say it, I know he preached past midnight, but that's no excuse uh, for falling asleep uh, in the service. And so here is an opportunity for them all to be together, but Paul decided to go by himself. He decided to walk when he could have sailed. He decided to uh, be alone when he could have been with fellowship. He decided to take the, 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 the longer journey, the more difficult journey, if you will, as opposed to taking the journey, the much easier mode of transportation. We have, I believe this is the third or fourth week that we have preached Sunday morning and Sunday night out of this chapter, so we've got a pretty good understanding of this chapter, and it's, it's easy to get a feel of what Paul was in the middle of. For example, if, if we look at this chapter, we find in the first part of this chapter that he's Burdened with schedule and routine. Uh, verse number one, he embraced them and departed. He's, he's traveling. He's on the move again. In verse number two, he had given them much ex- exhortation. Uh, he is greeting them. He is speaking to them. He is teaching them. In verse number three, we find the Jews had laid wait for him. Now he's having to face opposition again. And so just the busyness in the routine of, mi- uh, of, the, of the ministry, he is burdened with that. And sometimes you and I find ourselves just in this grind of a routine, that burden. And we find that just the schedule and routine of ministry that we find him in. And then in verse number uh, four, we find that he would had the benefit of companions. 
Uh, Paul had some faithful companions. I preached on that last Sunday night. The companions that were with Paul. Those uh, men who were, who were named very, very few times in Scripture, but those that were faithful to travel with him and those that were faithful to no doubt uh, pray for him, those that were there to uh, minister to his needs in whatever way to do ministry with him, we find he had the benefit of companions. We find very quickly and simply when you look at the life of Paul, he was busy in the work. In verses 7 through 12, we have another example of him being busy. Uh, we, I referred to the story of the young man Eutychus falling asleep and falling out of the window and dying and, uh, and the Lord bringing him back. He has, uh, still had life in him and Paul preached unto them and preached well past midnight. Well, he was busy in the work. Paul was not idle. Paul was busy. And let me say, God intends for you and I to be busy. God created us not to be lazy, not to uh, let other people. He intended for us to be busy, to be working, to say, well, I've got too much on me. If the Lord has put responsibility on you, you, you're okay. You can fulfill your responsibility. You may be burdened a little bit. You may be busy, uh, but the Lord will give you some companions along the way to help you ease that burden of life. But we find that Paul has all of these things in his life. He is very busy doing the Lord's work. We find here, tucked away in verse number 13, this, this key to, I believe, not just his spiritual success, but a key to yours and my spiritual success. On the surface, it just seems like uh, he wanted to go on a walk. I mind you, this twenty-mile estimated twenty-mile journey uh, was not paved roads, was not sidewalks, was not a walk in the park. It was a a journey that was laborious. It was a journey that was tiring. But he he decided ahead of time that he was going to take some time by himself. Uh, he was going to have some quiet time. Uh, notice what it is: it's playing time. For he had appointed this time. It was purposed time. It wasn't just, well, I just want to have some idle time for myself. Paul did not need idle time. Paul did not want idle time. And friend, you and I, we got to be very careful of idle time. Well, I don't have anything to do. I don't understand that. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I just don't have anything to do. Hang out with me for a little while. I'll give you a few things to do. I don't have anything to do. There's nothing that I want to do. We should not be idle, but I believe we see here that there was some planned time to be alone. There was some purpose time to be alone. Now, let me just say before I get into the outline, this was not uh, him like a, a mother with small kids saying, if I see my child one more time, if I hear them say, Mom, one more time, I'm going to scream, I'm going to throw them through the front window. That, that's not what Paul was doing here. That's not him taking the time. But I will tell you this, if you can schedule and plan what I'm talking about tonight, you can bear that burden. You can deal with that. Well, it's just the grind and the and the and the. And you say, well, Pastor, this is a uh, it's a holiday. It's a it's a holiday weekend. Labor Day is tomorrow. Well, uh, in my house, growing up, my mom thought that Labor Day meant you're actually supposed to labor on that day. And you should have heard what Tony Ward was saying about you before the service. But there ought to be planned time. 
There ought to be purpose time. What was this time? A 20-mile walk when you could have sailed. 20-mile walk of being alone when you could have had fellowship with those very companions that I spoke about last Sunday night. He could have had fellowship with those co-laborers. But he had been with them. He had been busy in the work. But he purposed, he appointed that he would go afoot. Let me tell you about the quiet hours of Paul. I believe they were hours of rest. You say, well, pastor, he was hiking. How was he resting? Well, I believe it was mental rest and spiritual rest. Time to just get away from the grind a little bit, get away from the the busyness of life, the busyness of routine. Do you realize that God made every one of us for work, but we also have times of rest? That's why Sunday, the Lord's Day, God designed it for to be a day of rest. A day where, uh, I, I just, just me personally, I don't think it's a day to mow the lawn. I don't think it's a day to uh, do a lot of things like that. I believe it's the Lord's Day. I believe, number one, it's the day we go to church and we hear from Him. But I do believe there's a principle in there that God established that it is a day of rest. It's a day of mental rest. And some of you, you, you take good advantage of this on Sunday afternoon with those Sunday afternoon naps of getting that rest in there. But I, that's the way God designed it. He said, I'm going to get away when I could sell, I'm going to journey. When I could have a little bit easier time, I'm going to have this appointed time where I could rest mentally, I can rest spiritually. In taking some time out of your day, taking some time out of your week, taking some time from, uh, on occasion out of your busy schedule, I'm not necessarily talking about, it's like, well, I'm just going uh, to watch TV for, for four or five hours. I'm going to do this for four or five hours. It's, it's time away where you can rest mentally, where you can rest spiritually. I noticed Paul's a long time also, secondly, was a time, I believe, of reflection. Paul was a purposed man. Paul was also, if you study, not just in the book of Acts, his ministry, but if you study in the epistles that he penned, Paul was very aware of his limitations. Paul was very aware of his shortcomings. Paul was very aware of his flesh and uh, the things that he wanted to do, he didn't do, and the things he didn't want to do, those are the things he did. He was very aware of his limitations. Uh, one of the, the most well-known and helpful passages in the New Testament, I believe, is when he's uh, speaking of uh, praying to God three times, remove the thorn in the flesh from him. And, but God told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul was aware of that thorn in the flesh, and he looked at it as a limitation to doing all for God that I want to do for God. But the principle there that God t- taught him and teaches all of us is my grace is sufficient for you. I may not take that thorn in the flesh away, but my grace will help you to continue in it. My grace will help you to move on in it. But I believe it was a time of reflection on his failures and his shortcomings. It was good for you and I to have a time of reflection. I didn't say dwell on it. That's the problem with some Christians. They can't get over what God's forgiven them of. They can't get past mistakes that they've made. They can't get past 
uh, things that they did before they were saved or before they were in fellowship with God. I didn't say you dwell on it over and over again, but, but I believe it was a time of reflection of where did I fail God or where did I come short. And, and too many Christians, uh, figuratively speaking, they stick their head in the sand when it comes to their own failures, their own shortcomings, and therefore uh, they never deal with them. They never take them to God. They never improve as a Christian because uh, they don't ever deal with their shortcomings. And friend, you and I have failures as Christians. You and I have shortcomings as Christians. You have not arrived. I have not arrived. And I believe it's a good time. I believe a good time to reflect on that is during the invitation time of other churches. How have I failed God uh, today? How have I failed Him this week? How does the message that has been preached, how does that apply to me? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me about? I believe there is time when we need to pull away. It may be just a few minutes of your day. It may be a planned time on a calendar. I'm taking this time, this day. We might we call that a vacation. But most of us come back more tired from our vacation than when we left for our vacation. But I believe there is times of not just mental rest, but spiritual rest, but also reflecting on how we failed. David in the psalm said, search me, O God. When's the last time you've prayed that prayer? Search me, O God. See if there be any wicked thing in me. Sadly, a lot of Christians, they come to church and they, they pray before they get there. They pray when the preacher turns to their text and a prayer is something like this. Oh God, help him to preach on somebody else's sins and not mine tonight. Oh God, I pray he doesn't hit so and so. But you know, we got to walk in the church and say, I want what I need. God, I want you to show me where I fall short. That's why I've been teaching on these midweek services that this, this contemporary movement uh, that, that is straight from, from the fiery pits of hell. There's no conviction. There's no it, It's all of, don't improve where you are. Don't improve anything about you. Uh, well, come, come attend church here. So uh, we'll tell you you're okay. You don't need to improve. That's not the Holy Spirit. Well, I want every time I open the Word of God, I think you ought to have time to read the Bible every day. But I think you got to have some time every once in a while set aside where you read more than you normally do. Will you spend time in prayer? I think you got to pray every day. I think you got to pray many times throughout the day. But I do think there ought to be some seasons, some times of, God, I just feel like I failed you. God, I just feel like I come short. Search me. Show me where I've come up short. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit, we can think, man, I just, I've got this Christianity thing down. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm waiting to see who shakes their head. Yeah, you, you, we got, well, we're doing good. I've checked all my boxes, and, and I've got my Baptist rosary done. I'm, I mean, I, I'm all set. I'm good to go. I've checked all of these boxes. And it's during that time the Holy Spirit of God brings to attention. <laughs> Not so fast. But you know, I believe that. I believe Paul wanted to be the best Christian that Paul could be. I hope you want to be a better Christian. I hope you want to be the best Christian that you can be. Let me help you in the busyness, in the grind, in the routine, in the bouncing from one thing to another. There needs to be some time every once in a while where we pull back and say, search me. I've been busy for you, Lord, but point out in here any anger, any bitterness, any wickedness, 
anything that should not be here? Do you know if you pray that prayer, it's amazing how quickly the Holy Spirit of God will point some things out. And it's not a bad thing for Him to remind you and I where we have failed because, friend, it does us no good to ignore the fact that we're flesh, ignore the fact that we fail, ignore the fact that we come up short. But I believe it was a time of reflection on failures, a time of reflection on the shortcomings, a time of saying, God, what, what is it in me that could prevent me from having the Holy Spirit power? What is it that, that it could prevent me from having a prayer answer? You know, sometimes we pray and 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 God does not answer. And it may be because God is holding back because He's got greater things. But you know, when you pray and pray and pray for a long period of time and God doesn't answer, you know what a good thing is to, is to do? To get off the ship and take a 20-mile journey and say, God, is there something in me that's preventing my prayers from being answer? Is there something in me that I'm pushing aside, I'm ignoring, that you want to get some attention in my heart? You want me to get victory over in my life? We can get so busy doing the work of God. Friend, we live in a wicked wicked world. We live in a day of dead churches where nobody ever gets saved, nobody ever gets moved. The Holy Spirit's not even attending there. We live in that day. It don't take a whole lot to do something for God in the day we live in today. And we can get so busy and so much in the routine that we fail to see all these other areas that we're coming up short in. All these other areas where we're not, we're not hitting the mark that God wants us to hit. But every once in a while, I think it's good for us to pull back and say, search me. Let's not fall in that trap of we're better than the world. So that's good enough. We're better than most, so we're not good enough. My friend, we know that we're all just sinners saved by the grace of God. That's all that we are. But friend, let's not be satisfied with being better than a wicked world. Let's not be satisfied with just being better than the ordinary. Let us have a desire and a goal to be the best that we can be for our Lord, to, to be the most complete Christian that we possibly could be, to be, to be spirit-filled, to be just like Him. In order to do it sometimes, you're going to have to pull out of the business of teaching the Sunday school class, of singing in the choir. I'm not saying you take a week off because you, got, you need to be there week in and week out. I'm just saying sometimes it's good to pull back and say, okay, God, search me. Instead of me taking a journey with my companions, instead of me taking a little bit of time of fellowship in the easier journey, let me take a 20-mile walk out of the way. So I've got time for you to speak to me. That's why, that's, why, that's why it's good for us to have uh, uh, revival meetings. It's good for us to have special meetings because they're different. They're set apart. They're set times for God to do something in our heart. Set times for God to do something with us. But I believe it's wise for the Christian. See, I, I don't believe, you hear this, say, well, you better be careful, you're going to get burned out. I don't believe in the Christian burnout. I believe God made us to be busy. God made us to, to work. But I do believe a, a child of God who will never pull away from the busyness of, of the ministry, I believe their, their relationship with God can get to a place where He doesn't sustain them, where He doesn't keep them going. There are things that go on that are, that are not dealt with because we never pull back. You know, you can be busy in a church like this and your heart be cold. You can be busy. You can sing in the choir. 
of the great Emmanuel Baptist Church, and there's going to be something going on inside of you that only you and God know. You could have taught a Sunday school class this morning, and there could be bitterness in your heart. If you don't pull back, if you don't say, God, search me, it's only a matter of time before that coldness pulls you away from the activity that you're involved in. I don't think Paul wanted that. I don't think Paul was worried. If he was worried about physically burning out, he would have taken the ship instead of taking the, taking the hike. But he wanted that time alone, and I believe part of it was to reflect. It's good to have that quiet time to reflect on our failures and our shortcomings. Friend, you don't have a... Uh, if you're a parent and you haven't reared your children yet, can I help you with something? Especially new parents with babies. Because you've got it all figured out. You don't, you, you don't have enough wisdom and enough knowledge to rear your children for the Lord. You're welcome for this discouragement this evening. But can I tell you who does? God. Well, I look back and I, my children are not all grown. I, I keep praying they hurry up, but they're not all grown and, and uh, reared and all that. And there's times I look back and like, I, how did I navigate through that? How did I say the right? I've never even thought of that before. That was so good. I need to write that down and do that again. I did, oh, it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the help of God. Uh, we, we all come up short. As a Sunday school teacher, you're not God's gift to your Sunday school class. Your shortcomings. As a pastor, I have shortcomings. I know what they are. You don't have to come tell me after church what they are. I know. But you know, there's times I have to pull back and say, God, remind me of where, I, where my shortcomings are. How can I do something better for you? But I believe we have that quiet time of reflection, not only the time of rest and reflection, but also a time of renewing. A time, a personal time with God. I believe part of your schedule, as I've already mentioned, is time reading your Bible. I believe it should be part of your day. Well, I, I, don't, I don't have time to read my Bible. Get up earlier. Turn off the TV. You may have to rearrange some things, but you've got time to read your Bible. Well, I don't have time to pray. You've got time to pray. Well, I promise you, you've got time to pray. Well, it's just, I think, in the, our routine. We ought to have that on our schedule. This is when I read my Bible. This is when I prayed. I taught... Uh, last year on the, uh, that, that stuff, Bible study on principles of prayer and how there are certain times of the week I have certain things that I, that I pray over and, and there are certain times of the day, certain things that I'll take part of my prayer list because uh, you can't start today. At least not, I'm, not this, I'm not this way. My mind bounces all over, taking two hours out of my day in prayer time. We ought to be praying without ceasing, but I believe there ought to be some scheduled time. So this is the time I'm going to talk to God. Can I just say this evening, if you don't have that in your schedule, get in your schedule. I mentioned this morning on having priorities, your priorities right. Reading your Bible every day is a priority. Having time in prayer is a, should be a priority. It's important. God wants to fellowship with you. Think about that. The God who created all things every day wants to talk to you wants to hear you talk to Him. Some of you, your wife don't even want that. But the God of heaven wants to hear from you. 
The God who created all things wants to talk to you. He is waiting for you to open the Word of God so that He can speak to you and so that He can help you. He can strengthen you. Well, we ought to have that time every day when we talk to God and God talks to us. But I believe there also ought to be some extra time where we pull away and say, I just need to spend some more time with God. You feel like you're spinning your wheels in your Christian life? Pastor, I just feel like I'm going nowhere. Let me give you some help. Don't get on the boat with all your companions. Have a scheduled time and a purpose where you're going to take the hike and you are going to spend time with God. No man, nobody else. Pastor, can you tell me what's going on? I can't tell you what's going on. But I tell you, there's a God in heaven who can tell you what He's trying to get through to you, where He's trying to give you victory. Spend time with Him. Come apart from the busyness. You may have to schedule it in advance. You may have to rearrange your schedule. You say, Pastor, I've got so much on me. I've got all these burdens on me. I've got all this grind on me. You may have to steal just a few minutes out of your day where you shut everybody out, everything off, turn the television off, Turn your phone off. Turn the, turn the radio and the car off. Whatever it is, you pull apart and say, God, it's just going to be me and you for a little while. It's just going to be the two of us. And I need your strength. I need this time of, of renewing and, be, and let the Lord renew. Well, I just, I just feel like I'm burning out. Pull apart and get along with God. If you can spend time with God in an, ex- in an extended manner and then you still won't equip, it's not going to happen. You've got to make time to come apart every once in a while. I, I enjoy uh, church, and one of the great benefits of being a member of, this, of a church like this is the great fellowship and the great friendships and the great, uh, the great time spent together. But every once in a while, you need to pull apart and let God strengthen you, not your fellow Christian. Let God minister to you, not your pastor or anybody else, but let the God who created you, the God who saved you, the God who knows you, let Him talk to you. But you've got to make time to do it. You've got to say, I'm going to pull apart and I am going to let God speak to me. I don't want to speak to anybody else. I don't want anybody else to talk to me. This is my time, extra time with God that I've set aside to just spend some time with Him. It's a time of renewing. It's a time of rededication. Spending time with Him. Well, I hope you look forward to your time every day with God. Let's be honest, there's sometimes we're tired. We're weary. We're running late. Whatever it may be. But every once in a while, you and I should set some time. It may, you may have to steal just a few minutes away. Well, my, my co-workers will think I'm rude if I, don't, if, if I don't spend a lunch hour with them. Well, friend, I don't want God to think I'm rude because I don't want to spend an hour with Him 
If you need it, you've got to schedule it. You've got to purpose it. You've got to decide that you're going to have it. And there's nothing wrong with fellowship. I talked about last, last Sunday night, those men in verse number 4, what a blessing they were to the Apostle Paul and how they have rewards in heaven because they helped the man of God, because they helped this great man of God accomplish great things for him. But there's times when Paul had to come apart and say, I just need, I, I've enjoyed being with, with, with them. I've enjoyed being with those new converts. I've enjoyed being with the church. But that cannot replace my time with my God. That cannot replace my time with the one who created me and saved me and can sustain me like nobody else can sustain me. Hey, if you're feeling a little discouraged tonight, let me give you some advice. You don't need to resign anything. You don't need to quit anything. You might just need to take a journey with God for a little while and say, God, it's going to be you and me until I get victory over this. It's going to be you and me until I get help with this and get renewed and get that strength again by coming apart and spending some time with God, we find a renewing. And then lastly, we find a refocusing. It's an amazing thing when you get some mental rest and some spiritual rest, and then you begin to reflect on your shortcomings. And you get that time of renewing with God and let God minister to you and God strengthen you and God help you and give you victory. See, let me just back up a little bit. The reason why some Christians don't get victory over things, you don't want it bad enough. You don't want the victory. You like pouting. You like sulking over over what it is that that has hurt you in the past or, or disappointed you in the past. You like it. See, I just, I just, I've, I've tried, too many people have hurt me. Welcome, welcome to 2018. And if you haven't been offended, trust me, it'll come around before too long. But the reason why you don't get over it is you're depending on yourself to get, 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 get over it. You're depending on somebody else to help you get over it. And why don't you get along with God and say, God, you've got to give me victory. You've got to help me overcome this. If you want it bad enough, you'll set aside the time and say, God, it's me and you. It's me and you. I think of Jacob. Jacob made all those mistakes. But oh, that night came and when he would hold, get held a hold of God, he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting hold of you until I get the answer I need. And we know the story. The Lord Jesus Christ had to touch the hollow of his thigh and the rest of his life. He limped around as a reminder that I got a hold of God and God got a hold of me. And it'd do some Christians a whole lot of good to just say, I'm getting a hold of God until he changes me. I'm getting a hold of him until he gives me what I need. But then when you have that time of renewing, you'll be amazed at how focused you are on what you should be focused on in your Christian life. We need to be focused on the future that God has for us. The goals, the things that we may want to, we feel the Lord wants us to accomplish for Him. I believe as a Christian, you ought to have some things that you desire to do for God. I don't mean do them for yourself, but God, what do you want from my life? What do you want me to do? I'm not talking about those that are called to preach or called to ministry. I'm talking about every single Christian. How many, how many of you are saved tonight? 
Okay, if you're saved tonight, do you realize the only reason you are here still on this earth and God has not called you home to be with Him is because He has a purpose for you? Because in the mind of God, He wants you home with Him. In His mind, you're already there with Him. And the Scripture tells us, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. He longs for all of all of His children to be with Him. And the only reason you are here is because He's not done with you yet. He hasn't finished with you yet. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing if everybody who was saved pulled themselves apart from the routine, pulled themselves apart from all of their, 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 their grind of life and the grind of ministry and said, God, I want to spend some time with you. I want to be renewed with you because I want to get my focus back. Or I want to make sure my focus is what it's supposed to be. And I'm coming out of this time. Can you imagine? I can only imagine how determined Paul was after that 20-mile journey. For 20 miles, he had been talking to his heavenly father. For 20 miles, his heavenly father had been giving him strength, renewed, and, and strength to do. And I'm sure Paul reflected on, uh, Father, I have these shortcomings in my life, and I have these burdens, and, and you know what they always bring up about me before I was saved, and you know how they oppose me, and those Jews are going to be a thorn in my side until I die or till they do, and this whole time he's getting help from God, and I think when he got done with that 20-mile journey, I know it to be true because you look at how focused he is in Scripture, he was ready to do some more for God. He was ready to accomplish some more from God, and the reason why you lose your desire to serve Him. You lose your desire to teach that Sunday school class. You lose your desire to sing in the choir. You lose your desire to serve in some capacity. It's quite simply this. You're not spending enough time with God. You have not allowed Him to renew your focus, to give you a focus. It'd be a wonderful thing if every Christian spent some time with God and said, God, speak to me Impress upon me what you want me to accomplish for you in my life. I believe he'd let you know. There's some things we don't even have to think about. It's written in Scripture. It's for every Christian. There's some commands that we're all supposed to follow. But I believe through the ministry of the church, helping brothers and sisters in Christ, God will give you a focus and a goal and a responsibility. But you've got to spend time with God. It's amazing when you pull apart from this world and get some quiet time with God, what it will do for you. You know, sometimes Christians, as Christians, we get frustrated at some of the answers the Bible gives us. And in some cases, some of the answers our pastor gives us. Pastor, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just frustrated. We'll tell God about it. No, I want to tell you about it. And then I want you to be frustrated with me. And, no, talk to God about it. I'll help you as I can help you, but I'm not God. I, only God can keep you where you need to be. And, and I believe the reason why we have a lot of frustration, the reason why we have a lot of resignations, the reason why we have a lot of Christians who are not fulfilling all they could fulfill for God is because they're even busy in the things of God. They're busy even in serving God, but they get weary in well-doing. They need to pull away from time to time and say, you know what, I could fellowship here with everybody. I could continue on, but here is an opportunity for me to come apart and keep heading in the same direction I'm going, but spend some extra time with God. 
We, we allow, and sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it, we allow this world to clutter our minds, to clutter our life. We make things priority. God doesn't give us a priority. We give all of our focus and attention to things that, when it comes to eternity, really don't matter. You know what will help us all every once in a while, just pulling back? Say, I'm going to spend some time with God. You have a burden tonight. I'm not talking about you're bothered by something your next door neighbor did. He didn't pull his trash can up to the house. I'm not talking about that. Now you know what's going on in my neighborhood, but you know, I'm not talking about that. But you have a burden. You come, come, come talk to your pastor about it, and I will pray with you. But the vast majority of the time, I can do nothing about it other than pray with you. But you know what would do you good? Say, Pastor, I'm just weary. Every day I live with this. Every day I have to deal with this. Why don't you schedule some time instead of getting on the boat with everybody else, you go out of your way, take a little journey, See, God, it's just going to be me and you. It's just going to be the two of us. See, well, I don't even know what I'd say. Can I tell you some of the sweetest times I've had with God is when I just felt like I was in His presence and I couldn't even articulate a sentence. Because God knows my heart. He knows my need. He knows my weakness. And I think God appreciates and God enjoys just that time of it's just the two of us. Friend, he sent his son to suffer your hell, to pay for your sins. And think about that. If he was willing to do that because he loved us so much, can you imagine how he anticipates all that time in your schedule every day? But I believe even beyond that, that time of pulling apart and saying, God, I've got to have you. God, I'm trying to do what it is you want me to do, but I know I failed you. I know I haven't been as faithful as I should. I know my shortcomings are getting in the way. We talk to God about all that. Let God renew your spirit. It's good for all of us as Christians of time to say, okay, search me. Tell me, show me. Because God, I want to be right with you. I don't want to be anything between the two of us. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if you had a loved one, a child, or somebody who needed to get a hold of God, and you couldn't get a hold of them because there's something between you and God? Sometimes God allows things to come in our life to force us to come apart. But I'm just talking about the busyness, the grind, church, responsibility, Work, family. Oh, I just, if I could just, just have less responsibility, I, I, I could handle this better. No, if you pulled apart every once in a while and said, God, I don't have the strength and my power to do what it is that you've placed on me to do. You've got to strengthen me. You've got to help me. You've got to give me clarity. Sometimes, parents, you don't know what to do with your kids. 
It's not that they're hellions. I mean, they may be, but it's, it's not just that. I mean, the world we live in, we... You, uh, we were all there. You know, there's, new, new, there's newly married couples. They got it all figured out. Have a baby. And you'll learn. Oh, we've got this one. We've got one down. We've got a master. Have another one. And then the really challenging ones. Let's have more than we have adults in the, in the house. We realize how short we fall. And sometimes we get frustrated. What am I doing wrong? Why, what, what are they not, why aren't they not getting? Why are they not? And we get frustrated with dealing with the children that God has entrusted us with. Instead of getting frustrated at them, instead of having to come and apologize because of the, something you said or the way you said it, or just say, I'm just shutting it out and I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. Why don't you schedule some time and say, God, you gave them to me. I'm doing the best. I, I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I feel, but I've got to have your wisdom. I've got to have your help. I've got to have you intercede in their life so that they can become what you'd have them to become. Friend, we have a God that we say can do anything. And we do. Oh, God can do anything. And oh, God is in complete control. Well, how come we don't ever get off the boat and we get away from people and say, okay, God, I've got to have you? Why don't we allow him to do those things in your life? Paul, as we have seen, was an incredible, incredible man of God, powerful preacher. Paul was a good Christian. Busyness, busyness. He pulled away. He said, okay, God, I'm going to take a 20-mile walk so it can just be me and you. It would be a wonderful thing if we as a church, as individuals set aside, I can feel it, I know I need it, and be renewed and get a renewed focus. So I just think God's done with me. Won't you set some time aside and let him spend some time with you and you with him, and then come tell me if God's done with you. If God's, if God's through with you. Oh, we have a God. We have a God who desires to spend time with us. Let's follow this very simple practice. I'll, I'll close with this. One, one of the last times that before Dr. Jack House passed away, he was here. I had the privilege of running him to his hotel after he preached and uh, small talk and and uh, before we before we get before I dropped him off, he was talking about because I graduated from the college when he was there and uh, talking about uh, he, he just just talking and he said, you know, everybody wants to preach. I heard him say this so many times in college. Everybody wants to preach like Jack Howes. Everybody wants to preach like Jack Howes, but nobody wants to pray like Jack Howes. And I remember him teaching as a college student how twenty hours a week he set aside to just pray. Spend time with God. And I remember as he was getting out, he opened his door, he reached across and shook my hand and held onto my hand, and he began to pray. Asked for God to bless my family, bless my ministry. And hearing him pray and hearing him talk and hearing all those things, well, why don't people want to pray 
like Jack Hiles. People want to preach like him. People won't when he stands up to preach. People that stand and clap for him. Like happened so many times. But the secret of a man like that was his time alone with God. You look at the Apostle Paul, and wouldn't it be a wonderful thing? I preached on a couple Sundays ago. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for all the bartenders to get in town and say, we've got to do something about that church? So many people are getting saved, and they're quitting their sin, that we don't have the business. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing? And we, we want those results. We want the power of an Apostle Paul. But are we going to make a point to pull apart and spend time with God? Even the Lord Jesus Christ came apart to speak to His heavenly Father. Interesting study for you. Count how many times we read in the gospel that Jesus spoke about coming apart. Make a mental note next time you're reading through the gospels of every time He sent the disciples on, He came apart by Himself. Jesus, the Son of God, but Jesus robed in flesh set an example of spending time with our Heavenly Father. If you don't have a daily routine of spending time with God, let me challenge you tonight to get one. It'll make a big difference in your life. But along the way, you burden, that's not the time to panic or give up. It's the time to pull back and set some time apart. I'm just going to spend some time with God. Sometimes, I understand what it's like. I've been there. We've all been there in your Christian life. It just seems like you're getting nowhere. It just seems like you're, you're, God's got you stuck, if you will. God's got you. No, God doesn't have you stuck. God's not done with you. We need to spend some time with God and say, God, okay, talk to me. Search me. What, what is it in me that is keeping me from growing? What is it in my heart that's keeping me, keeping you from blessing me? What is it, God, that you're trying to teach me? Sometimes it's not because he's mad at us. It's not because he's trying to punish us. There's something he's trying to teach us. There's some part of us that he's trying for us to give to him. But we're not going to know that unless we pull apart and say, God, speak to me, talk to me. Let me talk to you and just spend that time with him so that we can have that spiritual victory. Get a routine, but maybe tonight you need to decide. I've given this advice so many times, especially in recent days. I've said, you just need to set some time, go on a walk, and just talk to God. Just tell Him everything that's on your heart. And it sounds kind of, kind of funny, just go on a walk and just talk. But people are going to think I'm crazy. They do anyway. But just talk to God and allow Him to talk to you.